Welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Tiger Cast, and I've just realised I've potentially jinxed us as per the message you sent me, Cocho, during the day with the intro with Sam Lloyd from 45 to win the game against the Swans, <laughs> and we're coming up against him this week, so... If anything like that happens, I will wear that squarely uh, on my shoulders that it's my fault that uh, if, if anything like that occurs. But welcome to another show on the back of another good win. Um, I've just come back from the Richmond Union Bowling Club as part of the play sponsorship night, so we'll get to that a bit shortly. But we've also got two special guests on. Our first guest uh, is a man of many voices, and we might hear a few of those later on. Rodney Dangerfield, welcome back. How are you, Michaels? Good to hear Going- you, mate. Yeah, going well yourself? Very good, thank you. That's the way. And our second guest is coming back for his second appearance. Shadow Thorne, welcome to you. Hey, how you going? Going well yourself? Excellent. That's the way. Thanks for coming on at a later time slot than usual, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, like I said at the start, I was spending a bit of time down at the, the Bowls Club with Captain Blood 17, our, uh, CF Tiger 74, Kiwi Tiger was there. Uh, so it was a, a good night. I was able to spend some time with young Luke English. He was my assigned player, and he's just a really genuine, nice bloke. So doesn't like golf compared to some of the rest of the boys. He's no good at that, he reckons. Um, but yeah, he's got family and partner over in Perth, and they come over and see him every every couple of months, and he's really enjoying his time. He was wrapped to get drafted, and you couldn't meet a nicer young kid. So for anyone else who's lucky enough to win the prize to go to any of these functions and you're with Luke English, um, he's always up for a chat by the look of it, and I'm sure you'll have a great time. So thank you to Wacky Tiger for putting all this on as well, organising it all. Uh, And yeah, make sure if you're not as player sponsored this year, jump on board next year. It's a good thing for the Big 40 board to do. All right, we'll get stuck into, I suppose, the, we'll do the review first because I know you guys want to do a bit of a, a Tiger Cast takedown. Uh, round six versus Melbourne. Always a bit of a danger game, I reckon, Rodney, against Melbourne. No matter where they're situated and where we're situated, they always seem to get up and about for this game. So I was a little bit worried about it. Uh, what did you make of the game? Well, I probably shared your concerns a little bit, Michael, in the fact that exactly what you say is right. You know, they always play well against us for some bloody reason, but I was pretty confident going into this game because I've watched a few of Melbourne's games and they're just struggling. And I, looking at them, they always started with two extra behind the ball last year. They had eight behind the ball, and they just haven't adapted to the 6-6-6. Six, six, six. Um, and I thought it was a pretty faultless game from us. I, I, I wasn't feeling as... Uh, Unconfidence, not even a word, but yeah. Usually against Melbourne, I'm pretty concerned, but I wasn't. And um, it turned out that way. It was a really good win. Yeah, I think it panned out as a lot of us expected that they would come out pretty hard early on because they got smashed in the media all week. Um, but I think a lot of us probably felt we would end up running away with it um, if we didn't let them get the jump on us. But I felt the skills weren't very good for both teams across the course of the game. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, absolutely. The first half was, oh, my God. One of the scrappiest games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was kind of hard to watch. It was actually my first game attending life for the year. It was my first game young Liam's been to as well. Luckily, he won't remember a thing. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest spectacle. That's how we played. In a a way, I was sort of glad to see that. It it, it sort of reminded me of last year where you're thinking we're just grinding them and grinding them and hopefully... 
if it's like last year, we just go bang and smash them in the last. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah, I was pretty I, happy with it. I suppose the difference is from a lot of other games uh, is that when we did have the chance to put them away and actually put that scoreboard pressure on to break them, we actually converted for once. We didn't miss those crucial shots at goal, which was a nice change. Uh, Shadow, what about yourself? What do you take? What was your take on the game? Yeah, obviously very scrappy. Um, a lot like our game against them last year, kind of had our noses in front for most of the night and pulled away. I'm not too concerned about the poor skills, though. Both teams coming off a four-day break, it's hard to get up for that. Um, but we pulled away in the end, and that's what matters. Um, I just think, yeah, the Ds are just devoid of confidence at the moment. They're suffering from a semi-final ship hangover. Um, they're, they're a good side, but they're just... Yeah, that that um, prelim against West Coast has just destroyed them. Yeah, I agree with you. I reckon that's mentally just burnt them. Um, I, they're just a shadow of their former self, and I don't know. I don't think they would have changed much about the way they were playing from last year to this year, bar the forced changes of the new rules, as Rodney said early on. But that aside, it, I know they had two backmen out, but they just aren't really putting up much of a fight. It's yeah, I, I can't see the rest of this year ending well for them. They showed a, um, a table at three-quarter time that I just thought was so interesting that like their goals have just completely gone. Tom McDonald had 53 goals last year. He's got two so far. Jesse Hogan's obviously moved. He had 47 goals last year. So their top five goal scorers have got four goals between them this Jesus. year. And that's why I was kind of maybe not concerned, probably similar to Rodney, that even like I, I always figured we would score because our forward line was so potent, but I couldn't see where they were going to get enough goals from to beat us. And I think they're going to have the same mm. issue against a lot of other teams. But they enough about the D's. What, what about um, Nick Vlosten? Played one of the games of his life, I reckon. The amount of intercept marks he had, uh, the courage he showed going back with the ball, setting up play. It was just one of the most well-rounded games I've seen from him. What did you make of his game, Rodney? Well, I mean, I've always been a massive Nick Floston fan, but I just think, in a funny way, Rance being yet injured is the making of, of Nick Floston. He's underrated by so many of the other fans of other teams. But I think with Rance out, it just it's made him the man. And a lot of people say it's Grimes, but Grimes has always been a gun. But Floston's just an unbelievable at reading the game, intercept marking, and I think at the end of it, we're going to end up with three Rances, basically. When Rance comes back, we're going to have Rance, Grimes and Vlosten. And what more can you want? Like it's We're in an incredible position without offence. And that's not even factoring in guys like Hooley, McIntosh, these types of guys. But those three are very special players. Yeah, the ability to read the ball the way they do. And I think, I mean, a lot of it probably comes down to our team pressure as well to force teams to kick the ball where our defenders want it um, but yeah they're kind of faultless with the way they go about it it's it's quite good to watch and a lot of people have sort of compared Vlosten as a Luke Hodge type general down back and I, I can now sort of start to see the resemblance I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be as good or as successful as Luke Hodge was as, we'd love him to obviously but um, just the way he sort of patrols that back 50 is is pretty good to watch great player and I think the man of the moment in the game against Melbourne, without doubt, was Sydney Stack. Um, what a what a game. Not high in terms of possessions, but that doesn't really necessarily mean a hell of a lot. The screamer he took, uh, he ironed out Jack Viney, one of the biggest bumps we've seen for 
maybe 10 years potentially that was legal and then he follows up with a barrel down the line out of defense and the the standing ovation he got from the crowd coming off the ground will be something no doubt he'll never forget and he had a smirk from ear to ear uh, shadow you must have been pretty impressed with the way young sydney stack went about it he is a gun i i love him already he's so good imagine if he wins the rising star this year the media would go absolutely berserk because we got him for free you can just imagine Robbo just crying. How can the rising star winner go to a club that's won a premiership and made a prelim for free? It's not fair. Why couldn't he have gone to Carlton or Essendon? It would be the great. It would just add to the greatest heist of all time if he won the rising star. It'd be incredible. And yeah, like he only had twelve disposals, but he's so he's such a good kick of the footy. He had a hundred percent efficiency from those twelve disposals, and just it's the things like that mark and the bump that just make him stand out. Yeah, the the 100% efficiency is such a vital thing. I mean, very rare these days someone will have 10-plus disposals and go at 100%. Um, I think the one bit of play that stood out for me, besides those highlighted ones earlier, was in the last quarter, I think it was, when he had the ball deep in the back line, spun around a a bloke and just did a nice little looping handball over to Grimes who kept running. Just the the poise um, and his vision and awareness is pretty good for a guy playing, what is it, his fourth or fifth game. Yeah, he's just uh, he's something else, and he like Jack Ross looks like a hundred gamer, but so does Stack. And I, in with by the end of the year, we could be saying Yaron who? Possibly, I mean Stack could be the player we wanted Yaron to be, but probably a, a bit more physical and a bit tougher. Mm. Uh, the, the only That's sour tough. note to come from the game was obviously Rewalt injuring the PCL and he's out for well, depending on when Tom Brown posts how long he's out for, we'll go by that. Um, but he seems to think it's for six to eight weeks, which is a bit disappointing. Um, besides the injury itself, did you guys see how that media bit played out with Tom Brown claiming he had sources saying X, Y, and Z, and then Jack Rewalt pretty much shot him down? Did you guys see that? Yeah, I was, I was so glad to see someone finally hold somebody in the media accountable. They make up so much crap. Um, and I think another reporter was doing it when he had the other injury in round two. Um, and it's just nice to see him stand up and not let them just, you know, use their X-ray vision to determine how many weeks he's going to be out for. The funny part was is when Tom then goes on Triple M, I think it was, um, and pretty much said, I don't like Jack questioning my integrity or my character because I've got good sources. It's like, mate, <laughs> he hadn't had the scans when you posted that. It's as simple as that. Don't try and backtrack and cover up now. You, you've got found out. But I agree. I'm glad he was called out. And I think a lot of this calling out journos is kind of stemmed from the AFLW players, I reckon, because they're starting to speak out a bit too on certain issues. And mm-hmm. it's good to see the men doing it too, because yeah, why should the media be able to just spin whatever crap they want? Um, and as a lot of people have put out there, all we want them to do is just to report the facts. Don't worry about being first if it's bullshit. Just report it correctly and everyone's going to be happy. But no, sad to lose Jack, but good to see him taking it up to him on social media. And I, Chuck Goldstein, he backed him up last night, actually. So He backed Jack up? Yeah, he was just saying, you know, similar experiences. And then I was watching... AFL 360 before, <laughs> and uh, and Jack was on there with Adam Trelaw, and Adam Trelaw said that you know the the big drama about when he didn't sign with Richmond and all that sort of stuff. He swears he said I was sitting in a cafe, having a meal, having a coffee, 
and it was tweeted that I was in another cafe having another coffee, talking to another club, and I was reading it at the same time, thinking, what the hell are they talking about? They were just completely making it up. So, yeah, they need to be held accountable. Yeah, they definitely do. And, you know, they go through courses or do whatever to get media accreditation, but I feel like they're just taking the piss sometimes with some of the stuff they report. Yeah. But, unfortunately, they're probably going to keep doing it. But, um, <clears throat> of course they will. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, I think tonight, Captain Blood mentioned it to me that Rewalt was unsuccessful in trying to overturn his fine as well for that alleged chicken wing tackle. So he's cost the club 10 grand. Yeah. So I'm sure the boys... He's not happy about that, that either, Jack. Just for, and I agree with him. He said it, it made him... You know, it's not what he... It's not the type of player he is. He's not worried about the fine, but it's more the you know, the, the look on his record. He, he, I didn't do that. Yeah, I think that's a fair so, call. Like it, like, it wasn't... It wasn't a malicious act he was doing. I think he was just trying to stop him from grabbing the ball. Yeah, that's what he said. Exactly what he said. All right, but either way, we'll be without Jack for a short stint on the sideline. But I think with him and Koch coming back later in the year, they could be primed to uh, really bolster our chances of making a good run at it in finals. So luckily we've got a bloke named Tom Lynch to fill the void in the meantime. We'll uh, push on to the TigerCast takedown, which has been requested by Shadow. You were the one who kind of threw this idea up that you wanted to have a crack, and uh, Rodney's jumped on as well. I'll let you go first, Shadow. Who are you taking aim at tonight? Um, the conspiracy theorists that think that the AFL, the players, or the umpires are match-fixing. All right. You've got two minutes on the clock, and your time starts now. All right. I'm only going to say this once. The AFL, the players and all the umpires are not match-fixing. Whether it's for betting purposes, which is, by the way, incredibly illegal, um, or to make a better competition, which would destroy the integrity of the league if that got found out, it simply is not happening. I've seen this posted on Facebook, the main board, club boards, including our own. Take your tinfoil hats off. To quote the movie Megamind, there is no Santa Claus, there is no Easter Bunny, there is no Queen of England, and the AFL is not match-fixing. Is the, is the AFL an amateur organisation masquerading as a professional competition? Absolutely it is. Is the umpiring worse than it's ever been? Without a doubt. Were the rule changes the most poorly considered decision by a major sporting code in human history? Definitely. But there is no match-fixing going on. If there was, in 20 years, when someone blows the whistle people will be going to jail for longer than if they'd murdered their wives. The earth is more likely to be flat than the AFL match-fixing. Get over yourselves. All right, very good. Now, the one counterpoint I'll throw at you, and I'm only saying this because it actually came up tonight uh, between Captain Blood and RCF74 when we were talking, was the whole Melbourne tanking saga... Basically, it kind of looks like the AFL aren't prepared to admit that tanking was involved because if if they were to admit that, there's going to be lawsuits left, right and centre from betting agencies, there would be licences lost and etc. Is that a form of match-fixing if they're not prepared to admit it or is that in a different boat? Um, I think it's in a different boat because it's not... Um, you know, the AFL didn't organise that. They're, that. they're covering that up, um, you know... It's clubs can do whatever they want. Um, Essendon pretty much got away with the doping scandal. Melbourne got away with tanking. 
the AFL doesn't want that to ruin their integrity, um, and they'll cover that up. But um, so you know, there could be clubs tanking and match fixing for the purpose of a better draft pick. Um, but any of the conspiracy theories being thrown out that it's to make a better season or players are trying to get more money um, by having friends bet and then throwing the game is just ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think the AFL players themselves are far too competitive. I know all sports and codes they are, but I don't know. They just don't seem like the bunch of people that would want to do that, even if the club wanted them to. So, but yeah, from an AFL standpoint, I, I don't think they've got much to gain because if it backfired, it would be the, the worst backfire humanly possible. So, but like you said, they've made some stupid decisions. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure they're trying to orchestrate anything from a match fi- fixing perspective. So I think that's a fair call by you there, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. What have you got for us tonight? Because well, as you know, I haven't got a lot because I'm an idiot. But um, mine's more of a piss take because uh, I've been doing this at work. You can tell how busy I'm at work with the guys <laughs> mucking around around the mess table. And they go, you've got to do it on this podcast. And it's horrific, but uh, it's Don't more of a... Don't play it down. Don't play it down. Embrace <laughs> it and tell everyone how good it's well, going to be. Well, it's about Richmond and it's just taking the piss. And it's, uh, it starts with Mike. And Mike says, evening, Michaels. Shallow. But uh, it goes on to Jared. It's the intriguing case about Richmond, that they've been the recipients of good fortune. But they rely on luck in regards to injury to the stars. But the evidence suggests that their system stands up under all circumstances. David King, thoughts? We're all worried about Richmond. But they're going nowhere, the Tigers. They understand their brand. They know their brand, Jared. That brand is amazing. The flavours of that brand is incredible with Sydney Stack is incredible. What are you talking about, Manu? It's about food, it's not about football. Shut up, Manu. What do you want about? Well, hang on, uh, David, that's a little bit harsh. It's sellers. What do you think about that? Well, I disagree. I think it's real. I think it is about flavours. I think it's about chilli, garlic, ginger. It's no different. Ranch, cochin, jack. They're all missing ingredients. And on and on. <laughs> so that's the sort of life I'm living at work. You're in the wrong industry. <laughs> I've lost me shit. <laughs> Uh, very good. I, I like how Manu just makes an appearance out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That, that's great. Yeah, the boys at the office are pretty happy with that when you when you break that out. That's good. Oh. Like I said, I think like I said last time, you're, you're going to have to try and do an entire episode in one. Uh, even, if, even if you're just talking to yourself for 40 minutes, that's fine. It's bloody hard jumping from one accent to the other, I'll tell you. Manu turns into Jared. He, he, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, uh... Still rolling to one. <laughs> no, very good. All right, we've got a, a huge game coming up this week against the Bulldogs. Um, they're probably another team that kind of fall into the similar category as Melbourne, I reckon, that they tend to get up and about when they play us. I think I, I reckon I say this for most teams. I reckon it stems from when we were shit that most teams like pegged us as a team they can beat if they were having a bad run, and I think it's just stayed that way. Um... Doggies this week, Shadow. 
big game at Marvel. Uh, how do you think we're going to go there, especially after playing there recently against the Swans? Do you think that's going to keep us in good stead for this game? Um, yeah, obviously it's going to help. I'm not too concerned anyway, even if we hadn't had the game at Marvel. Um, we played there a fair bit, as we always do in the last few years, and we've gotten uh, majority wins other than the obvious um, St. Kilda game in 2017. So we've been playing pretty well there for a while. So, you know, um, I think we kind of need to get out of our mentality that it's a ground we don't play well at. It's a fast track. It suits our fast handball style. Um, yeah, and I think we play well there and we'll continue to do so. Yeah, I definitely agree that it helps our fast-paced game, which is which is good because I think mean, we've, we've really got that back in the last couple of weeks. Um Rodney, your take on the game. What are you expecting the Tigers to come out and do this week? Well, I just expect us to, um, as Kingy would say, just bring the same brand. Just That's our brand. That's what we do. We, we play the same footy. We, I, I heard uh, Bob Murphy say something two weeks ago that I thought was really, really accurate, that Richmond are the most bankable team in the AFL. And they asked him what he meant, and he said, "They just, you just know they bring the same game every single week where other teams are, you know, they're, they're not like that. They hit, they miss, they're on, they're off. Whereas Richmond, you know they bring the pressure, you know they bring the forward pressure, the, the same game every week, and it's enough to break down most teams. Um, unfortunately, you had those nights like the preliminary final last year where it just didn't quite come together, but most times, it'll get you the result, and I'll, that's what I'm expecting this week. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good call, though, that we do bring the same game style week to week, and the, the only sort of game plan that we look suspect against is when the teams start chipping it around and, and trying to move us from side to side. I'm not sure whether the Bulldogs are going to specialise in that area or not. They seem to play a similar kind of brand to us. Um, they've got, they've had a, I know we've been inaccurate, but they've had a pretty bad habit of being inaccurate as well. So I think this game's just going to come down to who can make the most of their chances, really. I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but uh, for two teams who sometimes or often struggle in front of goal, it's going to be play a pretty pivotal part to get the scoreboard pressure on early. Um, and if we do that, I think we can sort of make them crumble. A couple of key matchups that are going to be interesting ones to watch. Tom Lynch and Aaron Norton. Uh, young Norton's doing pretty well, I think, on playing as a de- as a defender. And Lynch is going to have to be the main man for us now, which I don't think he's going to have an issue with, given that was the role he played while at the Suns. How do you think Big Tom's going to go, Shadow? Yeah, I think he'll do all right. I don't know much about Norton, um, but I had a look at, um, watched the game, the Dogs game on the weekend, and had a look at some of his stats and stuff. Um, he's a bit shorter than Lynch. Um, and I noticed he didn't take any contested marks last week, which is if Lynch can start um, actually grabbing them, that's supposedly his biggest strength. Um, so with that extra height as well, he could absolutely dominate him and might get played back into form. If he continues to not take some of the easier marks, um, we just hope that he brings the ball to ground and our smalls can mop up from there. I think he's done that really well, and I, I know he hasn't set the world on fire the last couple of weeks from a stats point of view, but what he is doing is he's not letting his opponent outmark him, which is I, I think is just as vital as marking himself in some ways because we are so good at ground level, whereas last year, if Jack didn't mark it, 
uh, there was a lot of times the opposition did mark it. And that's nothing against Jack. It's just simply because he was double and triple teamed and there wasn't much he could do about it. So the fact that Tom's not conceding that mark against him um, is a pretty big strength for us to have because of how elite we are at ground level. The other play for the Bulldogs is probably their main midfielder at the moment is Jack McRae. Um, I'm not sure if we'll send someone to him specifically. I know Ross looked after a couple of players in weeks gone by, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kane Lambert go head-to-head with him, Rodney. Um, yeah, Jack McRae's a very good player. I, I don't think he hurts. Uh, he, he's a funny one. He's an accumulator, he's, he's, isn't he? he's not damaging. Yeah, he is. Whereas I think maybe Lockie Hunter hurts you a little bit more because he's, his first possession is a handball to one of those guys on the outside. So he'd be the sort of player I'd be looking to probably quell a little bit more than Jack McRae. You could let, let Jack McRae accumulate the ball, but I think Lockie Hunter causes a little bit more damage with releasing players with handballs, and he, he gets 30 a week. And we're not real big on tagging, as you know. We're not no, big on we're stopping not. the opposition players. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we go about it. And then you've got Bont and Pally as well, who's probably going to spend a bit of split time forward and midfield, kind of similar to what Dusty does, I guess. Uh, when he plays forward, though, what what do you see is the likely matchup for him? When he goes forward, Bont. Yeah. Um, probably. Uh, it's hard. He's a very hard matchup. Um, probably Grimesy, I reckon, or or Broad. But yeah, probably Broad actually, because Grimesy's playing a more of a role of the interceptor as well. So I'm pretty happy to play Broad on him. He's like Broad's actually quite a bit taller than I thought after seeing him tonight, just as a, a bit of a side note. Uh, How tall is he, you reckon? Um, six two, two-ish? Yeah, about that. But I thought he was, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a bit shorter for some reason, but I suppose that's probably because he's always standing next to blokes who are bigger than him. And the, uh, the, other, the other player who I want to keep an eye on is uh, one of our former players and Sam Lloyd. He's been doing all right there, Shadow. Kicked a couple of goals last week. He, he knows where the goals are, and I'm sure he's going to fire up to play against us, even though he probably left on pretty good terms. He can't blame him for wanting opportunity. When he's playing forward, who do we send to him? I, I had down Broad, but I'm not sure that's the right matchup now. Yeah, I don't mind um, the Broad matchup. I actually, on Bontempelli, I wouldn't mind having um, McIntosh maybe try having a run with, roll with him, following whether he's midfield or forward, because he's got the height yeah, um, cool. and the pace to go with him. Um, and then freeze up Broad to maybe play on Lloyd. Um, they're both really good marks. Um, obviously, Broad's probably got a little bit more height, um, so that might help there. But Broad's just, yeah, again, um, like McIntosh, he's got pace as well. He's kind of, you know, he's more of the Grimes mold of defender, um, so he can play the lockdown role on Lloyd if he's getting too many crumbs. Um, but I suppose even if... Lloyd kicks five goals at the end of the day. One of those two players out abroad and Lloyd has a premiership medal and the other doesn't. So who's the real winner there? And he's got a pretty Poor good Lordy. photo to show that medal as well, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah. It's the thing. Lloyd can turn a game on its head, so it would be interesting to see how he goes. And there's... He's a good player, and you absolutely yeah. can't blame him for leaving. No, you know, for, he's sure, for sure. He's best Yeah, definitely, and... Yeah, it'll be sad to see him in other team's colours, but yeah, it is what it is. 
Um, we've Hopefully got one. I, I don't think we will. I, it's not one yeah, of those splits that was he, because he was yeah. money hungry or anything like that. It was simply just a circumstance thing where we had other players coming in and you have to make some delistings at the end of each year or trades and all that kind of stuff. I'd yeah. be shocked and disappointed if we booed him, to be honest, because he's done nothing wrong by us. Yep, agreed. And you're already getting in trouble off the uh, AFL police for booing either, so... Yeah, <laughs> they all over check. it. We'll all have Bucks telling us to calm down. <laughs> uh, we've obviously got the one force change this week with Rewalt coming out of the team. I went to the VFL game on the weekend. Um, I personally think Bolton is an absolute Monty to come in. He was absolutely on fire. I think he had about 11 tackles, played in the midfield. Uh, he was all, it was all over, all over the ground. So is that without, yeah, do you think Bolton's the, the one to come in or is there anyone else you would like to see come in for Jack? Go ahead, Shadow. You go first, mate. Um, yeah, obviously another one that's kind of been um, on the edges for a while, Townsend. I love him to death. I wear 21 on my Guernsey to the footy. Um, but Bolton, what a response to getting dropped um, for Jack. I think he comes straight back in, um, no doubt about it. And we play the same team that we had against the Swans. And just on Townsend, he actually played a pretty good game as well and spent a bit of time in the midfield and I felt like he was a big reason why we got ahead in the third quarter in the VFL with just his leadership and his ball-winning ability. So he might not be far off getting a call-up depending on how injuries happen and stuff like that. So, yeah, he he, he was he did have a good game. Rodney, who's your change for Jack Rewalt? Well, my answer is pretty much the same as Shadow's. I, I think um, Bolton will come in because he deserves to come in. But um, I'm pretty sure Towner will be... Well, in discussions, um, I, I'll never forget Jack saying last year how much he loved playing with Townsend because he just blocked blocked it and opened up the, le- the leading avenues and blocked the second man up to the spoil and all these sorts of things. And I'm thinking, well, that's what Lynch needs. So I reckon he'd be well in calculations to play that selfless type of role, if that's the way they're looking at it. I'd say they'd play Bolton first, but I'd say Tanner would be well in uh, calculations for the next few weeks for that for that role. Yeah, agree. And on the Bolton one, I, th- I think I tweeted or I posted on the board, I can't remember which one it was, but for me, his performance in the VFL was a very mature performance. He could have quite easily gone back there after being dropped for no real form reason. It was just because someone else was coming back in. And he, he could have just gone to his shell a little bit and had a bit of a form slump on the back of it. But to stand up like he did showed real maturity. Um, and I think he's going to thrive coming back into the team if he's selected. So, And his forward pressure has been good. He's passing the ball off really well. He's got good vision. And he knows where the goals are. So I think it makes sense. And we can just play Lynch down forward with Caddy and Dusty rotating through there as well, I reckon. This will sound outrageous, but he really, really reminds me of Eddie Betts when he started at Galton. Let's just hope it ends up that way. Gee, he'd be pretty happy if he ends up anywhere near yeah. that. If Betts, yeah, wouldn't, he, would not complain about that. Even yeah. if he was half of what Betts was, he wouldn't complain about it. He's a, he's a genius with the ball. Yeah. All right, before we let you guys go, we'll get a, a tip including margin. Rodney Dangerfield, I'll start with you. Well, I'm pretty confident, I think, just because of what I said before, that we just have that. Same, well, as Kingy would call it, the brand. But we just we had that same thing every week. 
where we just play our system and it's enough to overcome most teams. And I think it's, I think the Bulldogs are a hard matchup because I, I sort of think we model a lot of our game on them from 2016, the way they played, but they haven't really been able to get back to that. So it'll be a grind. But I think maybe 22 points will get up. Sounds good. I'll, I'll happily take that. Um, Shadow, what about you? Uh, I had the exact same margin because that's what I tipped to spy against the Swans the last time we played at Marvel, and I got it right. So I'm going to back myself in again and go 22 points. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah, that's probably around the mark, and I think you're right, Rodney. I think it's going to be a bit of a grind, similar to the Melbourne game. I'll go a little bit higher and say 28 to 30 points. Uh, I can just see it's getting on top of him a bit in the last quarter, but they are a hard matchup, so... It might not be easy from the get-go, but we'll get there in the end. And who would have thought, uh, with the injuries we've got after this round, if we win and a couple of other results go the way they should, that we could potentially be sitting fourth. I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted that happening with the players we've got out at the moment. It's a great result. It's a great result if that happens. I I almost hope we don't, because we can keep flying under the radar that way. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, and because it's... it's Everything's still close enough, isn't it, that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world or the end of the world if we did lose it um, with how close the season is. But I think it's just a remarkable show of character with the boys that are playing uh, with how we've gotten ourselves currently sitting in eighth and could be fourth. So big game for the Tigers this week. Uh, Reminder, we're playing on Saturday night at Marvel Stadium, 7.25pm. Should be a cracking game, and hopefully the boys get up again. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Shadowthorn, thanks so much for coming on, guys, at a late time frame. Very much appreciated. No worries. Thanks for having us. No drivers. Very good, mate. Until next time, go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!